Underwood. Thin Ice! <laughs> to smoke some weed and shut up. My god. Oh, there it is. Boom! Yes! All right. Episode 169, Shades of uh, Kramer, the Kenny Rogers Roasters Seinfeld episode with the red lights there if you see the video. Uh, all right. Uh, Brian Benz, Armchair Illini, joining us. Uh, Brian, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks no for problem. coming on. We thanks appreciate for coming it. on. We, we can't get, like, you know, Brad Underwood's too cool for our show, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm not I too was... bad second, I'd like to think. That's right. I That's mean, right. you right might be first. Him. You might be first. Yeah. I don't know. At this point, I, Brad, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, I was about to turn that into a full-fledged radio interview, but we're not going to do that. Um, episode 169, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. September. Uh, I don't even know if we did a September episode last year. Um, we might not have, but. It's because you couldn't find anybody to come on. Yeah, the people well, last year I kind of went shooting for the stars, like, hey, D Brown, which D Brown, by the way, D Brown has been following me on Twitter for years and just doesn't respond. So I don't know what's up with that. Whatever. Uh, God even knows why he follows me. That's, That's a hey, terrible decision. You know, we got a guest here and you just said Sorry. you were Sorry. shooting for the stars. <laughs> and and like, now we got him. Yeah, well, I'm hey, not even, I'm not even, moon, right? <laughs> I'm not even like, I'm not even. You're just trying to make something out of nothing. I am. Uh, no. But anyway, I was kind of waiting for a few comments to roll in. I just touched my mic, but I just ruined the audio. All right. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about what you do at Armchair Alina and, and all that stuff. Go ahead. Sure thing. Um, so my name is Brian, obviously. Uh, I was a, a student at the university, class of 2020. Um, so I was that I, I was um, there at the towards the start of the uh, – the Underwood era and the uh, the end of the gross era. Um, my freshman year was the last year gross. And then my sophomore year was the uh, first year of the um, the new regime, uh, the current regime. And uh, at the time I was working for the uh, Daily Illini, the uh, student newspaper on campus. And so I had a uh, semester of covering the basketball team. Um, that was IO's freshman year. So the year that they were very poor, but showed some of the signs of uh, what they're going to be, obviously, in hindsight, it's a little easier to see when they were than when they were losing 20 games. But you know, you could kind of see the foundations of what they've more or less become the last couple of years. Um, and then, obviously, now I'm working for Armchair Illini, where I cover mainly the basketball team, um, mostly entirely the basketball team, as that's yeah. my my passion. But uh, I do uh, you know video breakdowns of uh, prospects. I do pregame re uh, previews and postgame recaps, and uh, just you know. Break, break things down. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh. so you, you were there during the uh, kind of the bad. So you got to see like, I one... saw some nasty basketball. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, some, I saw some, some tough nasty basketball, stuff. but, but yeah. like I said, you know, it was, it was nice to be kind of like being on the ground floor, you know, like you guys are you, all Illinois fans know what the, the last couple years have been like, you know, yeah. going from where it was really bad, especially at the end of that gross era where they had, you know, teams basically who didn't go go like you know weeks or months without dunking the basketball in a game to now you know we have guys who can dunk <laughs> everybody can dunk yeah exactly now which is crazy um yeah you you know and then you see fans that illinois fans of course 
you they they still have that thing where like it's like fire underwood now and it's like yeah do they do they forget those days you know yeah it makes you it's, it's very easy to forget when 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 they're you know it's on, only been four years i guess it's kind of a weird way to put it but you know yeah. it, it, it it feels like a long time ago now and uh sure it's almost like a uh it's almost a tough spot where they've gotten so good to where you know i you kind of have to get to the point where you know you need to continue to see that growth because it was so quick and so you know basically a straight line up for the literally like three years in a row right you kind of have to remember that it's not that line's always not always going to be straight up there's going to be times where it's you know a flat line there's gonna be times where it dips down a little bit yeah. but you know so i think that they've coast. got a team this year that might be able to get it going back back up again yeah so we'll yeah we hope so um and, and with this team, uh, I know you had a nice write-up about Ty Rogers and uh, becoming Illinois' point guard. Um, can you just elaborate on on if you think Ty Rogers is the right guy? Can he handle yeah. it? Um, I think, you know, they obviously got stuck in a tough spot where they went all in on Ray J. Dennis. That, you know, I don't need to talk all that much about that. Everyone kind of at this point knows what went down there. Right. I think that, um, you know, once that went the way it did, they were they were gonna have to either make a a, a, a scramble or they're gonna have to roll with what they had and uh, you know like more or less kind of got stuck in the middle when they had that the, when they had the Jeremiah Williams thing. It sounded like uh, from what I could tell that was never gonna like he was never gonna play this year between yeah. the Achilles thing and then you know obviously the gambling thing. That yeah, came that up. was that, a that. Weird, and the, and the second deal. time transfer yeah. that was just never gonna happen. So. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if they kind of did that knowing that Ty was probably going to be the guy anyway. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, once Ray J was gone, they had to roll with what they had. And I think that out of the pieces that they had on the roster, I think that Ty was the best piece. And for the reasons that I said in the article, it's mostly because of the fact that Coleman came back that this can really work. And that's because Coleman is, you know, a very skilled stretch five. He can facilitate offense. And mostly he just gives you the that – spacing advantage at the five that allows let's be honest a complete non-shooter in ty rogers someone who literally didn't even take jump shots last year to right. be able, even if he is the same guy as he was shooting last year that can at least be you know a, a a workable offensive setup when you have a guy like coleman who can really stretch things out and can also take that playmaking burden to where you don't need to spam ty rogers you know 20 30 pick and rolls like you would an io like you would an andre curbello some in some games like you would a trent frazier when he's feeling it He's, it's something that where, you know, if Ty isn't playing very well, you can have him do the other things that he did last year and kind of lean on those other guys and not just Coleman, but also um, I think Damask was a big pickup and obviously another year of Terrence to continuing to develop could be a big, uh, a big help in that regard as well. Sure. Um, do you think when Brad uh, recruited Ty Rogers that he'd be his point guard? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, you know, obviously uh, it's a strange time in college basketball. Everyone's kind of adjusting on the fly. And, you know, I don't think that anyone would have predicted this time last year that we would be having Ty Rogers as the point guard with, you know, Sky and, um, and Epps on the roster. Yeah. And even, you know, just with the portal success that they'd had, you would have thought that they would have been able to get either a Ray J or even just like a secondary option, like a, um, like kind of like the guy, like even, even Harmon, I guess, kind of fits that bill where, you yeah, know, it's a guy who can it. at least kind of do it, but maybe more someone a little power five level, just based off of the success that they've had. But to answer your question, no, I don't think he was here uh, <laughs> to play point guard. I think obviously he has a lot of traits that, that lend himself well to being able to fill a hole like that. If that's, you know, if you got a leak in the ship, which obviously they did after the Ray J situation. Um, and I think that, you know, I think his profile and at least his, you know, his pass first kind of mentality might fit this roster a little bit better than maybe the two shoot first guys that they had last year in Sky and uh, and Epps. Yeah. And especially around, you know, the Coleman, uh, 
Coleman Terrence, those two NBA guys, having a guy who's more focused on making maybe making sure that they're getting going versus I'm getting going can be uh, something that maybe can help uh, alleviate the ups and downs of the offense because your two best players will be have it going hopefully more often than they did last year. Yeah, and the, and the, I say this a lot um, on ours is about how with Illinois' offense, really all you need is a guy to get the ball up the court. After you yeah. get up the court, Illinois' offense has kind of ran without a true point guard. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, go ahead, please. Oh, you're fine, Ethan. You want to say anything, buddy? <laughs> I, I was I was waiting to call the chat out because nobody had commented at all. Oh, um, and then ankle just takes a shot at me. Jesus. <laughs> uh, what I was gonna say, fellas, mm -hmm. if you allow me, um, what I was gonna say is that the idea that Illini fans kind of got, and I think that I did this too. I definitely tried to drive Twitter impressions from this um, on our account. The Ray J. Dennis thing, it's like this team did not need a point guard that is score first. And that's exactly what he is. Like he's a guy who's going to score 18 to 20 a game. I'm sure he'll be great at Baylor and Illini fans will be crying about that, but that's, they need a facilitator. And that's what Ty Rogers is. Ty Rogers is probably one of the worst shooters that you're ever going to see. I mean, at that size, I get, that guy should be able to at least hit a mid-range jumper. And yeah. he had the one three-point attempt last year. It wasn't even remotely close. Like, it it might have been closer to the other basket. That's how far off that was. <laughs> uh, but, I, yeah, I just don't understand why Illini fans kind of went all in on Ray J. Dennis and thought that this is the guy that needs to be the one. Like, I, I if you want to have, like, a team similar to last year and you bring in a guy who's not a facilitator at all, and, like, Brian said Coleman coming back is a huge part of this, but Ray J. Dennis at the one, that's a guy that's going to just be score first and it's not going to help their offense at all. Yeah. I think Illinois had a guy like that. That wasn't a point guard. Uh, I feel like you're taking another shot. <laughs> I'm not taking any <laughs> shots. I'm not taking any shots. Well, let's put it this way. Um, last year's team went down because RJ Melendez stunk. And that's the only reason. And I refuse to act like Matthew Meyer ever existed because he was good. But guess what? He's not to blame yeah, because yeah. you know what? You remember the Iowa game on the road? I think they he was good until it mattered though. That's the problem. I also think he was worn down and then Zach Eady tried to murder him. <laughs> so, I mean, it's true. We can't forget about that. He, he was playing with a broken tailbone for the last half of the season. Nobody talked about it. Did they? Nope. Nobody in right. the Wisconsin game on the road. How great was he in that game? Illinois doesn't have any success on the road last season without Matthew Meyer. But anyway, Indiana on the road without Terrence, he was oh. incredible in that game as well. If, yeah. if Luke Goody could make a shot or RJ could make one at the end there, RJ missed like three yeah. wide open layups in a row. Like yeah. with, there was times where he was really the only positive offense that they had. And uh, I think that they're really going to miss that because he was a guy that, you know, even on the bad days, you could throw him the ball and, you know, he, it might he did turn a shot into up. a step back three. It might turn into a, you know, wild, crazy mid-range shot. Um, but, you know, he was at least a guy who could get the ball on the rim. Yeah. And when you got, you know, Coleman and Dane out there, those are guys who can really crash the glass. You know, Ty is going to be uh, a big plus. I think especially if point guards are guarding him, that's going to be a real problem for opposing teams when he's crashing the glass like that. But they're going to need to replace that self-creation somewhere because, you know, I'm hoping Coleman can take a step up there, especially against centers. You know, he's got the mobility advantage, I think, there a lot more than at the power forward spot, um, which is, I think, part of the reason why uh, I, I back him to start over Dane because of that advantage that he has at the five offensively. And, uh, you know, Terrence 
is a great driver. He's an incredible downhill player. He draws a ton of fouls and he's a very good half court player, I think. But I don't also, but there's times, you know, especially against the best defenders, which are going to be the guys that are going to be checking him. There's going to be times where, you know, he's not going to be able to get to that left hand. And we're going to have to see if he can, if he can adjust to that because at times last year, that was a real problem for him. And I think that's where Quincy Garrier and Damask step in because those are two guys who have had self-creation reps at other places, obviously, um, Damask at the lower level at SIU and uh, Gary only really had one year of it at Syracuse where he put it all together at Oregon. He was kind of up and down. Um, but I think that, you know, both those guys are probably going to be guarded by second options, you know, cause the primary guy is going to be on Coleman in the front yeah. court and the primary guy on the back court is going to be on, uh, on Shannon. So those are going to be guys. Cause last year you had Melendez being guarded by the worst defender and he couldn't really do anything with that. I thought that was a, uh, that was a big problem to why their five out didn't work was because they didn't really have any natural advantage creators um, to kind of open up that, you know, that first time the defense collapses, you spray it out. It's either an open three or the defense has to shift, shift some more. They didn't really have that because Shannon isn't much of a passer. Um, their point guards were both score first. Myers obviously very score first and 90% of his possessions ended in jump shots. And then Coleman uh, was just kind of up and down even when he was at center. So they're going to need improvement on that. And I think that, like I said, Damask has a lot of experience uh, with shot creation now at the lower level, obviously. And then I think Garrier also will, can take advantage of the, some of those situations. And they're going to need that to really make that five out work. See, Brian calls him Garrier. He's anyway. Uh... He's French, right? <laughs> hey, French Canadian? Uh, hey, it's it's kind of like you were uh, looking at our uh, Google Doc here because my next question was, uh, what – transfer do you think will have the biggest impact on this team between Harmon, Domask, and Garrier? Yeah, I think that's a great question because they've had great production from transfers uh, the entire Underwood era, you know, going back to even like Andres Feliz coming from Juco uh, came right in and, and filled a, a big time role. Um, and then even con continuing to uh, guys like Grandison. And then last year, obviously, Mayor and Shannon uh, took it, you know, to an all conference level. Even Plummer uh, was a guy who came in and was an all conference player. So yeah. I think one of those guys is going to hit. Uh, if I had to guess, um, I'd have to guess that it's probably going to be Damask. Um, I'm a big fan of both of all three of the guys they brought in, especially in the roles that they're looking to play him in. Um, I, I think that. Uh, that Garrier is is much better at power forward than he is um, at, at uh, more so on the perimeter, um, especially in the Big Ten. I think he can do some stuff like Dante Scott, where he's kind of like you know if you put a littler guy on him, like a Demonte Williams type power forward, you can bully him on the block. And then if you put a slower, bigger guy, a more traditional power forward, maybe like a like a Tyler Wall type, maybe um, he can stretch those guys out, even just providing space for other players to operate. Um, I think Harmon's going to be a big asset off the bench. I'm fascinated to see the, the minute split between him and Sincere because I think that both of them are two-way players um, who are both very questionable jump shooters, uh, especially in the Spain trip. Harmon had some ugly misses on jump shots. <laughs> Obviously, we know Sincere. I swear that guy doesn't take two of the same jump shot in the row every and time it looks, looks like a different form. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, right. we'll see what happens there. Um, but I like Harmon a lot. You know, he's got a lot of experience. Uh, I think that him being a guy who's, you know, from the Chicago area, I like that a lot in Illinois players. I think that that makes him really play hard for the team. Um, and, you know, he's a guy who obviously came here knowing that he wasn't going to be, you know, the guy. The guy um, yeah. And so I think he's not going to get mad when he might have to eat like a 10 minute game or a five minute game because Sincere's got it going or DGL has got got it going or, you know, maybe Ty and Shannon are just going so hard you can't take them out kind of thing or just the biggest games that someone's going to get cut out of that rotation. They're not going to play 10 guys, you know, 
the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th game in the Big Ten season. By that point, it's like, you know, eight guys, nine eight guys. guys yeah. You're really rolling deep. So yeah. I think he can he'll, – he'll be more poised to take that more than like an Epps or even a Sincere at times last year, I thought, uh, struggled with consistency mentally. Um, but to bring you to my main point, I think Damask is the guy who's going to be uh, the main producer out of those three. And I think it's for the reasons that I said where he's going to be guarded by like, you know, not to be uh, – you know, dismissive, but, you know, white shooters, you know, worst defenders, smaller guys. He did a lot of uh, Jalen Pickett booty ball at, at Southern Illinois. So I think he can really take advantage of those matchups. And then, you know, if you're going to uh, – and then at the same time, he's also a good shooter. So you can't leave him when Terrence drives, when Coleman's able to draw some def- the defense, when Ty is able to get two feet in the paint. He's going to be a guy who, if you leave him open, he's going to make shots. Yeah, yeah. I also wanted to uh, get into this comment here, Hinkle, again. I mean, geez, uh, we could use some more commenters to maybe overtake Hinkle here. Whatever. Uh, he says, if Ray J wouldn't have been the best fit as a score first guard, why did the staff go all in on him? Let me just say this. Are we sure that the staff went as hard for Ray J Dennis as they – As as a Illini Twitter, Twitter did. <laughs> like, I don't know if they truly went, quote, all in because I think if they went all I think the, in, the the biggest problem was from I, from an outsider looking in was was uh, Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins coming back right. I mean that kind of took some nil money away from him. It kind of it kind of changed the whole you know makeup of this team. So I'd also wager that um, once Shannon and Hawkins came back, the need for Ray J was not quite so much, and both of those went down to. I mean, Shannon, it seemed like the, you know, the people who read the tea leaves seemed to think that he was coming back pretty early in the process, which is shocking. You know, I would have thought he was gone the second the Arkansas game ended. Right. Um, and then Coleman obviously went a little more down to the wire, uh, especially for those those of us who have our, uh, our 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 hand on the pulse, so to speak, or behind the paywall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, so, yeah, I think once both those guys came back, I think that the need for an offensive hub like Ray J, who, like I said, is a guy you can just throw the ball to and you can spam, pick and roll over and over, and he'll get you good looks um, either for himself or other guys. I think the need for that went down a lot. But I think the reason why the all-in thing is 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 continued to, to put around is because it really did seem like they didn't have a backup plan. And I think that a lot of people went into the offseason kind of, um, especially after the loss of Clark and Epps, really thinking like, okay, we need a big splash of point guard. And so when they didn't get the big fish and then there also wasn't like the backup plan was, okay, we're rolling with Ty. I think that was a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow. And so they kind of just were like, okay, this is a disaster. Yeah. Well, I remember talking about during the season last year, like maybe February, maybe like after the Ohio state game when they lost in, uh, in Columbus. That was bad, man. Oh, that, <laughs> that was a nasty one. That was, that was the quintessential <laughs> Loss for that 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 team, yeah. Uh, not surprising that they would have lost a game like that against that Ohio State team. But uh, I remember talking about like maybe Ty Rogers is the point guard next year. Like I think that that was a thought that people had, and I don't really under like I. It's always the opposite happens of what people think in terms of you know people thought that Hawkins would be more likely to come back than Shannon, but I think Shannon was always more likely to come back than Hawkins. And that kind of turned out to be, they both came back, but like you said, we had a pretty good idea that it would be Shannon for sure. And not so sure about Hawkins. So I think people thought, okay, Illinois is definitely going to go out and get a big time splash point guard when in reality, they're just going to go with Ty Rogers. And I think that that was a thought that I would bet the coaching staff had last season where it's like, 
we'll look at options and we'll go after players that we think would be good and we'll throw some NIL money around, but we like Ty Rogers as well. So I think that Illinois liked Ty Rogers this entire time a lot more than people think. They're not, they're not really just falling back on Ty Rogers. I think right. they like him to play that position. I don't think that they thought that as we alluded to earlier in the show when he came to Illinois, but he yeah. showed flashes of being able to do it last year. And also the, the standard for a point guard for last year's team was so freaking low where you would have to think, and props to me for not dropping an F-bomb right there, um, you would have to think that you know Sky Clark was a complete disaster. Jaden Epps was an undersized two. Yeah. Ty Rogers, Sincere Harris is just not – he could probably he's, do it. He's not but a point guard. He's, just he's a dribble the ball up and pass at point guard. Yeah. He's not a run, pick, and roll. Yeah. yeah. That yeah, so Ty Rogers is the closest they have to that, and a lot of the point guards out there on the in the portal this season were, you know, not overly intriguing for what Illinois is looking for. A lot of score first guys uh, or guys that just haven't done it at this level. And I understand Ty Rogers really hasn't done it at this level, but he's done. You know, he ran the point got to play some a little last bit year. last yeah, season as a freshman, and yeah. he's going to be playing on the floor with a lot of similar guys this season. Uh, so I think continuity in that regard matters a little bit. Like if Ray J. Dennis comes in, yeah, you're going to get some more headlines and you're going to probably score some more points early in the season. But is that the best fit and scheme and roster to get deep into March, which is the entire point of this program right now? Probably not. Yeah. Like Ray J. Yeah, it's, it's flashier. How, we've done flashier. You know, they, they've tried that before. Shannon and Meyer last year is like, oh, man, look, <laughs> Illinois wins the portal. And that team last season was awful. I don't even know. How, how did they even make the tournament? That team stunk. That team, we can say it now that it's been over I'll, six I, months. Negative Ethan. I, that yeah. team made the tournament because of wins in November and December. Yeah, down That's the stretch. It. They happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they were also the opposite of other Underwood seasons where they made runs late in the yes. season and looked good going into the tournament and then just got stupid ridiculous draws that only <laughs> this program could get because this program is too close to Chicago. I know it's a couple hours, but Chicago sports wise, I mean, not even, you know, they don't ever get any luck as we <laughs> saw on Sunday, shout out to the uh, Chicago bears. They <laughs> suck. Uh, but like, it's just, it's, it's, it's never, we're never going to get like, okay, let's throw this example out there. Not even basketball. How about golf? How many times is Illinois going to have a great <laughs> golf uh, team and not win a championship or even get close? Makes no sense. We're never gonna it's just you're just gonna have to get lucky. And of course, 0405, they have an undefeated team and they still don't win the national championship. Where are the comments? <laughs> the last we, thing I'll say about the uh the Ray J thing is that um this staff is not shy about adding talent, regardless of fit. I think you saw them grab Epps and, and Clark, who are both very similar profiles last year. Um, you know, they added Perrine super late last year, even though they already had Coleman and Dane, and we're going to be adding Amani and Morez. So they've always been, you know, they added Nico. Who knows if that guy's going to play Nico Moretti? Um, yeah. I, I think he's got some talent. So they're not really afraid about adding guys. Like they're always, if they have a chance to add a guy, they're going to add a guy. And so I think that Ray J was, if not the best, then, you know, one of the three best point guards and even players in the portal. And so when you have a guy who's from Illinois and you think you have a chance at, you're going to make a run at that guy because he's a good basketball player. Yeah. It seems like they're not afraid of having competition. Yeah. Um, but you kind of, you kind of saw, they they kind of gave everything to Sky Clark and then Sky Clark kind of yes 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's how you run. That is how you run a sports franchise or a program. You bring yep. in the talent and you put the pieces you let together them compete. and sometimes it doesn't work and yeah. it hasn't worked for this team. So why would they try to do it again? I understand the idea of going after Ray J. Dennis, great player from, what is he from Oswego? Is that how you say it? Oswego? Oswego? There you go. One yes. of the three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how you run. People don't understand sometimes like that's how you do it. You bring in the most talent possible. And then you see, they weren't undefeated. Okay. Yeah. I made a mistake. Ethan, Ethan was two years old. It's okay. I was speaking too fast. Also, I was like six, but whatever. Uh, I'm only, I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's, it's just, that's how you do it. Yeah. You bring in the most talent possible and it doesn't work sometimes. Absolutely. And are we sure Brad Underwood's the type of coach that can win games with, does he need the most talent or does he need the team that fits his scheme the most? And his personality. Look, yes. And Stephen F. Austin, those teams were the most talented and they were really good. So I think that he's leaning more towards he doesn't need the most talent. He needs a team of players that fit well together. And I think that's the entire idea of what this team should be. I think that's what this, yeah. This team seems more like that than yes. Than last they're year's. a lot, they're they're much more different than previous Underwood teams we've seen here, mostly because they do have some of the NBA talent. But they also have some of the guys that could be like really, really good college players. Yeah. Which last season they had. I think Jaden Epps is going to be a very good college player. But on a Brad Underwood team with Terrence Shannon on it, how much sense does it make for him to be trying to play the two when he's like 5'11? I don't care what he's listed <laughs> at. He ain't that tall. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Imbrots chimes in finally. Jeez. Uh, I imagine in a line IT. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, or a guy shoot forty percent for three. Yeah, that's not happening. I mean, that's not happening. I mean, have we had a team with three guys that have shot forty percent? It's college basketball. Does it? How many teams have even 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 the Kofi uh, Big Ten title year? They had Plummer, who I think was above forty. Yeah, I don't think Trent was above forty. I don't think Grandison would have probably been close, like thirty-eight, something like that. I know Demonte had a bad year shooting. Like it's it's hard to get guys who can shoot like that. Yeah, yeah. even just like college. If this team shoots like 33, 34%, that would be more than fine. They don't yeah. need to shoot anything. And they take 10 less. I'd, 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 I'd rip your hand off for 34% right now. Like I would literally <laughs> yeah. reach through the screen and rip your hand yeah. off. Yeah. They had two guys that year. They had uh, Plummer 41, Grandison 41. Plummer was so nice, man. <laughs> that guy was so nice. What a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also, Curbelo went six for 34. Anyway, uh, but yeah, like. The teams that shoot the teams that have guys that shoot that far or 40% from three is pretty much Baylor and then other teams in the past few. Like, there's not very many. Like, I, I obviously remember the Baylor one because they won a national championship, and there was the whole thing about, you know, Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell, Matthew Meyer, uh, uh, Flagler was there. Who's the other guard? Uh, Maceo Teague, I believe. Yeah, there was a Teague. One of yeah, there's so many so, Teagues. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I think there was one of the Teagues that was there. Yeah. Uh, but that, yeah. So like last season's team from three was a disaster. And I know that people want to put stock into the Spain trip, how they shot. I don't really, I mean, it's just different, you know, it's different competition. It's a different ball as a shooter myself, I would know. Uh, but the rims are a little different. Um, it's just, I'm not putting too much stock into that. Cause I think once you get back into, you know, cause they're going to be playing a billion games in the state farm center before yeah. they even really, you know, go out. I mean, what's the first game where they're actually traveling? Is it the, uh, is it the MSG? No it might be the MSG game. It might be the MSG game. 
Yeah, so they're going to be at home for a long time. So if they can't figure out how to shoot in that environment against Western Illinois or Southern, or I guess they don't play Colgate till mid-December now, apparently that was a schedule change, but whatever. <laughs> Tyler thinks they're going to lose to Colgate. Yeah, especially so. with that change. So. Do you, have you seen <laughs> – yeah, go ahead and look up uh, Colgate's uh, performances against uh, power conference schools. It was just an initial thought. Calm down. It was not, it was, just, you know, you know, Hinkle said, research. said that you're taking over the show and you felt like you hadn't well, said enough and now you won't stop talking. That's All right. Next question. Thank you. Uh, asked about the transfers. Uh, want to ask about the freshmen. Uh, what freshman do you think will have the biggest impact? Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, it's going to be draw give Dre Gibbs Lawhorn. Um, I think that just due to opportunity, um, it's going to be really hard for Amani, who I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I did a write up of him on armchair line. I, um, he's one of my favorite prospects that they brought in. Um, he's a super skilled four or five. Uh, I could even see him later in his career moving out more towards the perimeter. I think he has the, uh, skeleton of a good, good jump shot. And I think he's a very strong, uh, perimeter instincts where he's able to really pass out there and read the game. He can dribble with both hands. He can finish with both hands. Um, he's just a really, really complete player for a guy that young. I think that that's a very uh, great base to build upon. He's just really got to work on that jump shot. And the free throws in Spain were a little worrying for me, him, for, for him, for me as well. Um, but I think, like I said, I think Dra, Dre, Dre is the guy, excuse me. I'm, I don't need his mom in my Twitter mentions. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, I think Dre has got to be the guy uh, just because like, they're really, he really is the only guy on this roster who can really run pick and roll um, at a super, at a high level, I think. And that's because he's the only guy on the roster who I trust to make a jump shot off the dribble right now. Right. Um, maybe Damask can get there. Uh, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe, I guess uh, TSJ showed a little bit of it last year in the mid range. Um, Ty yeah. shot a mid range jump shot, but I don't foresee him taking too many of those. But I think that, you know, he can score at all three levels. He's very explosive off the dribble, especially going right. I see no reason as to why he can't do exactly what Epps did last year, where, you know, he's just like, you know, get out of jail free. Okay. The shot clock's at 10. Here's a hot potato. Go, go make some magic happen. You're a really talented scorer. Probably going to be guarded by guys off the bench who are little less talented than the guys in the starting lineup, especially, you know, uh, like some of the mid to low tier teams that they're going to play in the conference, like, you know, Wisconsin, uh, I got, that's a little dismissive, but you know, guys like Wisconsin doesn't have super great depth. Yeah. Um, you know, Minnesota teams like that, like, you know, the, the, the teams that you have to beat to make the tournament, you know? Um, so I think that he can really do a lot of damage against those teams. And I think he also has the ceiling, you know, if he really puts it together and has a good shooting year, he could really be a problem off the bench because that guy can really, really score. And, uh, he's also a great transition player. And I think that he matches really well with Dane off the bench because you can play him and Dane in the pick and roll. Dane's the best screener they have on the team because of his frame. And I think that uh, that can open up a lot of opportunities for a guy like Dre. As long as he puts his body on somebody else. Um. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that, you know, he's really going to need to play hard on defense because he's not the biggest guy, but I do think he has the athleticism and the wiggle to be able to get around screens well. And especially with Dane, when Dane's in the game, they're going to be playing that drop. So he's sure. going to be going to need to get over those screens and really battle. And that's yeah. going to be what's going to keep him on the floor. Yeah. Um, uh, do you think Moretti will play in big 10 play at all? That's a great question. Uh, if it health permitting, I would say no. Yeah. Uh, but I could see a world where someone goes down or maybe, I mean, maybe their offense is just so bad. They just need some, they just That's need more, you know, pick and roll offense, yeah. more simple offense. And if nothing else, he can provide that. So 
I would say in a, if things go well, then we shouldn't see him, but I don't think that it's off the table that he could come into the game. Sure. Yeah. I don't, I think that that's the exact opinion that I would have. And I think I'm, yeah. So nice. You said there's no shot. He plays big 10. There is, there's pretty much no (laughs) shot. I mean, outside of their offense being terrible, like you said, like, I don't see it happening. And also, Hinkle, negative. You think I'm negative? What the hell is this? It's we just, know Hinkle's negative, though. It's September. I mean, let's let's give it a rest before we go too hard, you know? Uh, yeah. 30% would be better than last year, I think, right? <laughs> well. Uh, I think I they're like the line moving back up. There we go. I don't know. My next thing is about Coleman Hawkins. Um, you know, he's a guy that wants to play in the NBA. Uh do you think we see a more assertive Coleman Hawkins this year? A guy that, you know, tries to produce a little bit more to, to rise his stock stock in the NBA, or do we get a more, you know, guy that's still trying to, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, run things. I mean, basically. Yeah. Not, yeah. Just, I think, I think and facilitator. Really last year, sorry. Yeah. Last year, I think he, he really kind of struggled to find that balance, like you said. And I think a, a lot of that was because this was the first year that he was really counted upon. Um, you know, if you remember uh, his sophomore year, uh, the, the Big Ten title year, he started out really well when they were when uh, Kofi was suspended and he was really kind of uh, looking like he was going to be ready la- that year. And then he kind of ran into a rut. And I think part of that was because of the reason that he, you know, when Kofi's playing 25, 30 minutes a night, you just can't play him all that much at the five. And so right. I think that, Last year, they really tried at the start of the year to make the five-out thing work. I think there's a myriad of reasons as to why that didn't happen. Uh, we've covered a couple of them so far. You know, RJ not being able to take advantage um, of, of mismatches, Terrence's limited half-court ability, uh, Mayer's kind of just, you know, freestyle attitude on offense, hijacking possessions. And then, you know, the freshman guard situation was just super fluid and just not and really up and down. Um, and so I think it's when, when there's all that going on, it can be really hard for a guy like Coleman, who's always been a pass-first guy, even going back to high school to figure out, you know, where his spots are, what my time is, you know, cause he's, he's learning on the fly just like everyone else was last year. And so I do hope that we see more assertive Coleman, especially if they're going to play him at the five when teams switch pick and roll, when he runs pick and roll or pick and pop, he has to go post last year. He didn't do it, especially yeah. at the start of the year. That was a huge reason why the five out didn't work was because teams would switch the pick and roll between him and Terrence or him and Epps. And he would just go and set another screen so they could switch the big back on him or he'd just go float around on the perimeter. He has to go sit his butt down on the block because he can really score down there. He's 6'10". Yeah. He's got a good right hand. He's, you know, when especially when they switch, he's got a good handle. And he can get caught sometimes being a little too pass first, especially when he's posting up. Those are some of his worst turnovers because they're live ball. He's throwing it across the court. They just right. take it and go. But I think that that needs to be, for him to score more and for him to really be an offensive option in the half court, more than just when he's making, you know, four threes, which is once every, you know, like six, seven games for him. Yeah. Uh, he needs to have a a, a, a consistent uh, option in the half court. And for that to be posting up, especially if they're going to run that five out, he has to post up switches. So I'll be interested to see because I think that it goes against his nature as a player and what he's done his whole career. Right. But uh, if he wants to make the NBA, he's going to need to show that he can take advantage of that because there's a ton of guys, his size who can maybe not defend like he can with his IQ. I think he's a special defender. Yeah, I think I he's agree. the best defender they've had in this program uh, in the Underwood era. Um, but I think that there's a lot of guys who are good athletes at six, nine, six, eight, six, ten, who can guard on the perimeter and who can, you know, bang inside and do a facsimile of what he does, who also can, you know, have self-creation skills and stuff that they can do when they put, when a, when a, 
six four six three guy gets switched onto him they can do something to put the ball in the basket and i don't think that coleman showed that 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 last year and especially for an older guy there's not going to be much bet on upside so he's really going to have to show that if he wants yeah. to make it in the league yeah i, I uh i want to make a coleman point here i think one of the biggest things with him this season will be usage uh he was top 280 in minutes percentage for players last season. He played a ton of minutes, and I think it's going to be very important that they don't overuse him this year, and I think that's probably where Quincy Garrier, huh? uh, <laughs> I think that's where he comes into play. Um, but, yeah, it, he was used so much. Like, his minutes percentage went uh, uh, so, he, so he's 30, not playing 38 minutes a game this year. Especially know? at the end of the year, it got really bad. Yeah, when Dane yeah. was less playable, he was playing like 35 minutes of center. And I don't oh, think, yeah. like, I like him at center, but that's a lot to ask of a guy his size, especially in the Big Ten when you're playing, you know, at the time it was like Dickinson uh, and Edie, like basically back to back. Maybe it was back to back. Yeah, you think but so? Like, that's, was, that's a yeah. tough ask for a guy his size, really yeah. tough. Well, plus the double overtime Michigan game yeah. for forty nine yeah. minutes. So Andy, he, he was, started. He started bringing the ball up against Purdue too when yeah. he was playing the five. So yeah, he wasn't just. So that's the option the he gives you. You know, he can yeah, do that. Absolutely. And, uh, when uh, hopefully we don't see that as much this year. But you know, if a team's really given our backcourt problems, I'd love to see him be more. You know, the coaching staff give him more of a green light to bring the ball up because. You know, Zach Eady's not going to go press him in the backcourt. So, yeah. and if they yeah, come with his own press, he's 6'10. He can just, you know, throw the ball over the top. So, yep, absolutely. Um, uh, last episode, we did a floor and a ceiling for this year's team. What we thought, um, Ethan basically said they couldn't make the tournament, they wouldn't make the tournament or they'd win the natty. So, uh, his opinion doesn't <laughs> matter on that. Entirely true, but whatever. <laughs> um, but in the Big Ten, what, what, what do you think their floor and ceiling is? And then also, uh, tournament wise. Yeah, um, I'm very optimistic uh, to my core as a fan. I do think this team in the perfect world can win a Big Ten title. Uh, that's probably going to require basically all the pieces hitting. It's going to require Ty to be a good point guard. It's going to require Damas to shoot well and to you know really be able to punish mismatches. It's going to require Gary a to really rebound. And it's going to require the team to stay, for lack of a better term, locked in. I think <laughs> last year they really got loose, but you know even – I want to say during the Michigan game or no, the Ohio state game, that was the game. They still had a chance to win the big 10 title if, if they won out from that point and, and results fell where they may. So I think that, you know, they have the talent to do it. I think that you look around the conference, you can't go, you know, guy for guy at the top of the roster. Like we can, we have two NBA players and Coleman and, and Terrence. I really do believe that. And so, you know, there's not a lot of teams that can match that level of firepower. And even you go down the bench, you know, who's bringing a guy like Dane off the bench in the league, right. like a guy who can really go get his own shoot 60% shoots with either hand. Let's get some of those free throws up a little bit. Big fella. <laughs> I believe in you. Uh, I see. you but uh, you know, job. there's, there's just not teams that have the depth of talent. I think that's a testament to the coaching staff. Um, so, you know, like I said, if everything really clicks, I think that they can challenge those Purdue's and those Michigan States, you know, they beat Michigan state last year, basically the same roster coming back. I don't know. Yeah. That, that's not a matchup. I'm, that's a matchup. I, I, I really want to see because I think those are, really two great teams that's going to be two awesome play styles and and just you know like like last year super competitive game purdue they were missing you know terrence shannon was getting picked in the backcourt they had the ball with a chance to go up with like 30 seconds on the road so well, after being you know, down I, 30 or whatever exactly like, I, I don't think I, I don't think that they're that far off talent wise it's just going yeah. to come down to you know do things come together for them and i think that's the big disadvantage they have compared to purdue and michigan state who bring really everything back sure obviously we have a lot more continuity than last year um, but they're really going to need to have the new pieces come together in the in the non-con so that 
when the conference season starts in earnest, uh, they're really going to be able to hit the ground running because Purdue and Michigan State are going to rack up those wins because they're built to win. Right. Um, now, as far as the floor, as far as the uh, floor, um, you know, I am an optimist, but there are there is a world where this team shoots, you know, 28, 29 percent from three. Uh, you know, there's no improvement from the free throw line. So offenses, you know, back in the 60s and 70s nationally. And, uh, you know, the defense, I'm, I'm very uh, optimistic about it. But if they have to make lineup changes where Ty comes out of the lineup for, you know, a DGL to provide more offense in the starting lineup, that's going to be a huge defensive downgrade. And so, uh, you know, I can see, like I said, if the offense is struggling to the point where they need to change things around to, to you know, sacrifice defense for offense to keep the ship afloat, I could see them having a year like last year where they end up, you know, fifth, sixth, maybe a tie for like fifth, whatever it was. I know there was a, you know, a tire, a, a, a a car wreck in the middle of the conference yeah. last year where there's like five teeth, like 10 teams basically within like two losses of each other. So, you know, I could see them around there. Um, but I think that a lot would have to go wrong, maybe an injury to one of the key players uh, for a long period of time. I just think that there's so much talent that even like we saw last year, I mean, what else could have gone wrong last year? RJ forgets how to shoot sky. Good just leaves hurt. the team. Epps forgets <laughs> how to shoot mayor, you know, is, is mayor. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, so even that team, was out. For- yeah, Goody missed, you know, basically the entire year. Yeah. Um, and so even that team was able to scrape together, you know, a, a 20 win season. So I don't think the floor is as low as uh, some people might. Uh, Ethan but, said uh, 10. I think, <laughs> but I think that, uh, you know, <laughs> middle of the conference, I'd say like sixth, seventh would probably okay. be the floor for me. Barring I was, any, I was know, eighth, a team like, you know, so. dying of the Black Plague or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, how far do you think they can get in the tournament this year? Yeah. Um, I'm all the, like all said, depends on draw, right? With Illinois. So. <laughs> yeah. Per, with the right, with the right draw, you know, they could, I think they could go far. Um, if I had to put a number on it, I would say that the elite eight would be a good, would be a good result. I would say that the second round should be a baseline. I think they yeah. definitely should win a game this year. Um, they've got, you know, like I said, they've got elite NBA talent that stacks up across the country, even not even just in the big 10, you know, there's not a lot of teams that have two perspective, even perspective NBA players on their team. And so, uh, yeah, like I said, I think that especially if they do well in the conference season, they're going to put themselves in a good position in the tournament to get a, a good seed. Hopefully, man, we get a good draw. I know we've had a rough run of things. Um, you just got to say that we're due this year. So, like I said, I think Elite Eight is it, it would be a great result for this team, uh, especially if they get a good draw. But they should definitely win a game at least in the tournament. And I, I swear they're going to they're going to make the second round at some point. Why not this year? <laughs> right. the second weekend, excuse me. Yeah, we we hope so. Uh, uh, we got this. We got this Lakers guy. I mean, okay. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Over I mean, I told you, I, I, I told you, I was an optimist. an optimist. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. But he, like I said, there, there's a world where 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 things aren't as good. I just think that you know they weren't. I know Ethan says otherwise. I think that they were a bad team more more for off the court reasons than on the court. There was just so much turmoil sure. last year, so much like just stuff going on in the year. You know, even. Even Kansas on top of, you know, the Epps thing uh, on the court, you know, he had that incident in practice where he collapsed or w- whatever happened there. And so right. there was just a lot of drama last year. Yeah, I think that that, that stuff leaks onto the court. And I think that you could tell really early on that, that there was something wrong. And so that could happen again. It's another situation where they're bringing in a lot of new pieces that they're going to be asking to be, uh, you know, contributors. And, uh, you know, Underwood's a guy who's going to get on people's nerves. I think that that's just the way he is. I think that's part of the, the what makes him good is because his teams always play with an edge. They always play like they're, you know, like he's going to put guys out there that are going to, you know, go scrap and go dive on balls and go play with play with an attitude. And so, you know, 
Yeah, it and could I go think- badly, but the, there's just I think you just look at the level of talent on this roster and you just compare it to anyone else in the conference, and this this team stacks up talent wise with literally anyone. So yeah, and I, I think know, that look, you know bringing players. in bringing in guys like Harmon and Domas and Garrier, you know, instead of the splash and and that and having a more cohesive team like when Io and Kofi were there and Trent Frazier, I mean those those teams just seemed like they they clicked you know yeah um and i think that this team will probably be more like that i hope they're yeah more like i that, they they better be uh i really gotta get after this lakers guy uh number one <laughs> kansas fan are you a lakers fan as well and also no shit kansas is better like <laughs> it's how it should be i mean they have a better coach they have a much better track record of being great they won a national championship last year what is the point in coming in and saying that? Like, we don't know that. Like, we're going to deny that Kansas is not better. I, I don't get that at all. But we'll talk to you on October 29th when I was Illinois say, runs we'll them ourselves, man. up yeah. and down the floor. Hunter Dickinson is going to be crying for his mother. That's going to be a beatdown. Just like last year, the secret scrimmage. Illinois yeah. smoked them. We all know it. I don't care what anybody says. Ethan does it for sure. Pull up the records. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't understand why we're coming in just like, oh, the Kansas is better. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I had no idea. Thanks thanks for uh, thanks for bringing us down. I got a phone call. I'm good. Uh, so <laughs> It's Lakers TV 024. <laughs> I'd love for him to call him. Let's go. Uh, but imagine being a Lakers fan. Whatever. Uh... Um, yeah, so I think this team – I think we should all be in wait and see, you know, it, we are. It, I feel like this is a very wait and see team, um, but we'll find out uh, on top of that. Do you think that this team on paper or even not on paper is better than the team we had last year? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question because, um, you know, last year, I think just man for man, I think they were more talented last year. Right. I think that they had a lot of guys, even to the point where there was too many guys, you know, there were too many mouths to feed guys got unhappy. I think that um, just from a pure talent perspective, there's been some downgrades. Obviously I think that Meyer is a more talented basketball player than Quincy Garrier. I think that RJ is a more talented basketball player than Marcus Damask. I think that Epps is a more talented basketball player than Harmon. But I think that the fit, like like we've said, and the expectations of the guys that are coming in is a lot is going to be a lot more healthy toward this being a more cohesive unit than last year. So I think man for man, they might not be as good as they were last year, but I think that this is going to fit together better. And I think that, um, like I said, a lot had to go wrong last year. And so for them to be a better team than last year, I don't think is that like crazy of a, of a statement. So yeah. I do yeah. think they're better. Okay. Uh, got, I got a couple more things for you, and then we'll let you get sure. out of here. I'm always uh, ready. Uh, I The class of 24, we know that Marez Johnson's coming. We know Jason Jackstis. Is that how you say that? He's never going to play. Who cares? That looks about like how it's supposed to be said. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Johnson moved up to number 35 in the new 247 rankings. Uh, Jackstis went from unranked to 111th. Uh, I think most Illini fans know that Mikey Lewis is on campus this weekend. Yep. Um, who is, a, when you look at him, he's anywhere from 78th to 47th, um, depending mm-hmm. on what you're looking at. We're excited. Uh, that. Who do you, th- who, hey, who do you, do you think Illinois adds anybody else? I mean, do you think they're going hard after Mikey Lewis and then yeah. where they stop or. Yeah, I think they're going to add a guard for sure. I think you look at there's just naturally going to be a lot of opportunity next year. You know, Terrence is gone. Uh, Damask is out of eligibility. Um, 
I would think that they're probably going to look for Rodgers to move more towards, you know, a hybrid forward spot like yeah. Andre Jackson to put in, you know, a comp out there, a more hybrid forward spot to make room for some of their talented guys coming up like Dra or Dre, excuse me, man. Uh, <laughs> with good. an A, I just. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so uh, for Dre and even for Nico coming up, I think that they're going to want to give, you know, him a, at least a path to playing time, uh, even sincere. Uh, so I do, but so there is going to be, you know, um, opportunity to at the guard spot and so i do think that they're going to bring it in and i think they're still you know looking for a long-term guy at the at that guard spot because like i said i think that in the perfect world ty isn't going to be your starting point guard just because of the it's always it's always going to be a square fit unless he turns into an 85 80 percent free throw shooter and sure. you know is at least able to take jump shots um so yeah i do think they're looking at another guard um i know that they've been linked with that jace butler kid who's not quite as flashy but is someone that if if Lewis falls through is someone that that's more or less kind of like you know the bird in the hand where you know he's the guy that you can probably snap up if you want him yeah if you really push and so uh yeah I think that you look at the 24 class as a whole I think they picked up you know the centerpiece and Morez that was huge obviously that's been locked in for a long time Wild. he's an incredible yeah. player a guy who can be a, a, a cornerstone for your program for a couple of years uh, hopefully we get him for a couple of years. I think that, you know, there's going to be there's going to be some big questions when he gets on campus as to how long he's going to be there, um, depending on how quickly he develops. But uh, I think that you got Jack Stis, who's, you know, more of a project guy. There's been loose comparisons to Coleman. I think that's not the worst comp I've ever heard. Um, you know, he's in kind of the same he range. He looks range. more like, like a Michael Finky to me. but <laughs> Yeah, he, he, he's in the similar ra uh, rankings range to where like Ethan Happ was coming out of high school. So okay. just kind of that, you know, long term prospect. A guy who can play uh, facing the basket, which is nice for a guy his size. Um, he's got decent enough athleticism. I watched their game against uh, Juliet West, who was the team that the Fears brothers played on, and he didn't look completely out of place switching onto those guys and protecting the rim against those guys. And those are obviously two, uh, you know, high-level top fifty power five recruits. So I think that he's not, you know, a lieb or you know, a complete stiff like someone who's just going to, you yeah. know, take up a scholarship for a couple of years. I'll do respect to lieb. That that would be my move too if I was him. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, he's a guy who, it, when you put some more weight on him, could he turn into a Coleman? Where you know, he's a guy who's you know, uh, a four year guy who's really able to you know be a consistent piece in this modern world of you know, players flying around. Exactly. He's yeah. from yeah. Illinois, so that. I would assume lessens the risk of him transferring out if he doesn't, you know, isn't on the same page as the coach the first year or whatever. Um, and so I think that that was a good pickup and then they're going to need a guard. Cause like I said, they're, the, the cupboard's a little thin uh, after this year. Cause Har Harmon's also another one going to be out of eligibility. So right. they're just going to need to reload that cupboard a little bit. And I think that, you know, Lewis is, seems to be their priority right now. I think they're obviously going after him if they're having him on campus for an official visit. I'm pretty sure that's a Chester guy. Um, so he's had a obviously yeah. their, their their current assistant coaches have had a very good track record of locking down guys. Um, so we'll see. Uh, the buzz I want to say is that LSU is leading right now. Um, but yeah. you know, with him on campus, LSU isn't their last visit. Ole Miss is their last visit, which is a little bit of an eyebrow raiser with Chris Beard. That's a scary guy to see at the end of a visit list. But you know, right. we'll see how it goes. If he comes in, that'd be awesome. He's a very talented player. I want to say he was top five in the EYBL in scoring, which is the Nike AAU circuit, which is considered the best competition uh, of all the high school circuits. So he's a guy who can really score. Um, he fits the pretty classic Underwood combo guard model where, you know, you can throw him in a bunch of ball screens and he can make plays for himself primarily. He can also, you know, if, if teams really load up on him, he can make plays for other guys. And then if he doesn't work out, I think Butler isn't a bad prospect. Um, he's got some size. I think he's a bigger guard, like physically he's broader. 
I think that uh, that that profile fits well in the Big Ten. Um, you need to have guys who are physically capable of taking punishment, basically two through five, even one through five. Sometimes, you know, guys like Hepburn will take you down on the block. So I think that they're going to add another piece. And I think if I had to guess, it's going to be one of those two guys. OK. All right. I think- um I, I think it would, uh, and this is just a stupid comment, but I'm just gonna say it. Uh, <laughs> I think that's that what you're good at. That doesn't there, stop me. <laughs> is there still, I, 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 Merez Johnson, like, I'm like 99% he's sure he's coming. Merez is not gonna come. <laughs> well, you always have to be. <laughs> if he would have decommitted, I would have thought he would have done it by now because Probably, he's been yeah. committed for a long time. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I like think you right yeah like I mean, literally i think his sophomore year in high school is when he yeah. which is crazy especially nowadays you really don't see that and especially for a guy like him who if he reopened his, his recruitment right now i mean there'd be names in that inbox so oh, yeah um you talked about brad underwood's offense do you think we see the uh the everybody switching defense again this year <laughs> I would guess that's the plan. And I think that, um, you know, especially with Rogers at point guard, you're going to want to do that because uh, he is six, six over 200 pounds. It's going to be hard for that guy to play and drop because he's sure. not, he's not going to be able to get through screens like a Trent just because he's that big. Right. And so I think that he's a guy I, I I'm fine with him switching onto centers. I think he's, he's a guy who can really rebound at any position. And then obviously Coleman's a guy I'm comfortable switching out on guards and uh, even Garrier is a guy I, I don't feel that bad about him being able to switch onto guards. Um, you know, obviously he's not someone I'd match up with perimeter players, but if teams want to, you know, if teams are afraid of going at Coleman in the pick and roll and they're trying to find a weak link, I don't think Garrier is that guy. I think it's going to have to be Damask or Goody, um, whoever, whichever, because I think one of those two is going to be on the floor basically yeah. at all times, just because the shooting is, <laughs> is very necessary. Right. Um, and so, uh, I think that they're going to, those guys are pretty like Damascus is a thick guy. He's old. He's going to be able to switch onto bigger dudes and really compete. So I think that they are going to switch, uh, especially from the start of the year. And, you know, obviously last year there was ups and downs with that. I think that the continuity hopefully should help with that. I think there was yeah. a lot of bad communication. Uh, RJ, was my, a, my, RJ Matthew and Matthew and were, were, yeah. were really bad. Those uh, were the two that, that made that not work. Yeah. Yep. And so I think that, and, and even, even, you know, Epps and, and Clark didn't, have as much like really bad moments in that but that was mainly because they were the ones who are doing the switching onto the like primary players and so it's kind of hard to like oh sure. you're not going to switch onto Jaime Jaquez like come on yeah uh, right. so like th- th- those guys didn't really get asked to do a lot of off-ball switching as much as Mayer and RJ did and so I think that the older guys like Damask and Garrier hopefully will be able to communicate better and so there's going to be less you know two guys running out to the three-point line and a guy standing on the block for like you know a first grade layup yeah yeah I I think yeah the RJ thing last year trying to yeah that was a disaster he looked like uh, what's his lost. name in bench warmers in the outfield uh, Clark maybe the uh, the outfielder he just with looked the like he didn't on. know anyone like he yeah. wasn't talking to anyone Awful. like it was yeah. weird yeah no clue what he was doing out there and I think that this year's team has a lot more guys that are going to buy into that and a lot more guys who are willing to play defense yeah. uh, and say what you want about yeah. Matthew Meyer I think. Uh, I think I don't think any was here for his defense. It's not like his defense was like he could do a little bit. He was a good shot blocker. I mean, yeah, great I'm not saying I'm not I'm not hating on him for not. Well, you're just doing taking it. you're taking drive-bys at him. But that was I'm, not a shot at him. I just said that's why that defense didn't work. It didn't work because RJ stinks. Comp- it's solely a, on RJ. It's not even it, the same thing. I'm gonna. <laughs> so. It's not solely on RJ, but I'm gonna say it is. Um, and RJ went to where did he go? Georgia. 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 Yeah. Yikes. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
it didn't work out. The other, thing, the other thing I'll say about the defense is last year, I want to say they finished around like 30th nationally uh, on Ken Palm. Yeah. And for this team to work, they're going to need to get it up into like that 20 to 10 range, even hopefully higher. If they're really going to be a great team, if they're going to yeah. challenge for a big 10 title, that's going to be need to be like a top 10 defense. Yeah. I think they have the person, the personnel to get that done. I but think the they got a lot of guys that, need to match yeah. the talent level defensively because last year it wasn't even close. Well, yeah. well, let's they also got a lot of guys that want to work hard is what yeah. it seems like. Let's also year. throw this out there. Last year's team was the second best Brad Underwood, Illinois team in defensive efficiency. So they were 26th, and then yeah, 2022, they were 29th, 2020, they were 35th, and then obviously the best one was 2021, they were 7th. So last year's team somehow was efficient defensively. I think some of that is probably luck. Some of it is probably not getting uh, – like you're playing a team like Michigan who's wildly inefficient. Um, you know, there's a lot of those teams you're going to play, whether it's Minnesota – but uh, that's yeah, because they, they average like seven blocks a game. I was going to say that yeah. Coleman Dane front court is really <laughs> tough defensively. I think yeah. that it, offensively, there's a lot of questions about it. And I think that that's the main reason why uh, it's kind of hard to play those guys big minutes together because Coleman is, uh, like I said, I just think he's a center. I think that, you know, he struggled to mesh with Kofi, who is an all American, one of the best players in program history. Um, you know, Dane is an incredible talent. He's one of my favorite players, but, uh, you know, he's a similar build as Kofi where he's going to be on the block 90% of the game. And so I think that that, that front court is incredible defensively and even, and having that option is big time and it can help you swing games, but I don't think that should be, you shouldn't build the whole plane out of it. Right. All right. Well, yeah, I also think that, um, one thing that kind of helped last year's defense outside, like they were eighth in the country in block percentage. And uh, they're also 17th in two-point percentage defensively, and they were 12th or 24th in effective field goal percentage. So those are three big stats where they're amongst the best teams in the country. That's going to boost your efficiency. They weren't great at guarding the three, but they were good at backing teams away from that. And uh, I think that this year's team is going to be even better than that because yeah, like last year's team was – because if you look at Illinois in the Underwood era by um, – by block percentage, it was bad before last year. It was 262, 263, 257, 268, 310. So that's last year's adding another element. And I know you don't have Meyer, who was a big part of the shot blocking, but you have the same two guys, like you said, Coleman and Dane. Yeah. And then you bring in Gary A. And you got other guys as well that can block shots. So I think the guys who made part. that defense good are basically all back Coleman, yeah. Dane, Terrence. Rogers, sincere, all those guys are back. So hopefully, I, I'm very hopeful about Gary A defensively. I think that you know, in the game that was shown on in uh, in the Spain trip, he had a really nice block off the backboard. He almost put a guy in a poster. He's a guy who can play above the rim and provide that shot blocking. Um, it's just going to be like I said. Uh, I think the question is a lot more about execution than talent level. Yeah. Uh, we got one more here for you. This was Ethan's only mm. contribution to this thing. So <laughs> go ahead. Do I have to ask it? I was just absolutely. Uh, okay. I don't even know what we said about this, but I did allude earlier to how you think Colgate's going to beat them. Um, I can get what we said, but go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> no, you go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what games do they lose in the non-conference? Like, if you look at the schedule right now and you think of games that you think they will lose, what are they? Yeah, I don't think they lose any of the bye games or like the, the really bad team games. I think their talent floor is just so high that they did. Yeah. I just have a really hard time seeing them lose. Like even the bad 
games last year they had or like the you know the issues they had last year they still made those teams look really bad like even when they were struggling in that middle of the non-con with like the Missouri and the Northwestern losses they still I want to say beat Alabama A&M by like 20 points and that was a game where Underwood like came out of the locker room like with 10 minutes to go or something (laughs) like that like he was like like just wasn't even like you know he was not feeling the team at that time so I think that you know guys like Dane really make it super hard to lose those bad games like we saw that in uh Spain as well like he's just such a monster on the block like when he's in the game he's really going to control if you don't have like multiple guys to put on him he can really control and then obviously you know that they're so good in transition when those bad teams have bad turnovers or missed shots they just you know one two passes and Terrence is dunking it so I don't think they lose any of the bad games um or the bad to any of the bad teams like colgate or you know i don't know who else they play like western illinois stuff like that Eastern, I have, I have Oakland, in front of me. yeah uh, like you're not going to lose to any school with a direction in front of the name um <laughs> i do think they're going to lose one of their bigger games um the missouri game's been super hard to like get a read on the whole underwood era basically it feels like the worst team wins every single time um obviously last <laughs> year we got absolutely destroyed that was one of the most embarrassing games i've ever watched um really an un- underwood like performance in all aspects um but uh like i said that was just a hard one to get a read on i, I want to say that we're going to win win it this year just because i think uh mizzou is losing kobe brown who is a huge part of their team last year and they were really old last year and so they're losing a lot of that experience. I, I like Dennis Gates as a coach a lot. I think that uh, – apologies if, if this ever gets there, but Cy Young or CY Young, I know he was uh, considered by Illinois when we were replacing the full staff. He's an outstanding assistant. He was at Florida State uh, when we were looking at him. Um, so I think that they're going to really be a problem. But uh, I'd like to think we'll win that game. I think that the game we lose is Tennessee. Um, I think that's a road game against a really good defensive team. I think that that could be uh, – you know, just one where, you know, they really struggle to get it going and they don't shoot very well. Uh, that crowd's going to be ready to go. Um, so I could see them losing that game. I do think they lose, They beat FAU. Um, and, you know, what? we'll count as part of the non-conference. I think they lose to Kansas in the exhibition, but I think it's a lot closer <laughs> than people think. Sure. They're going to kill Kansas. I, it, that's over. That's already. Been I could decided. see it. I mean, listen, the team, neither team's going to be playing the rotation and we can go 10 deep with anyone. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, did you say, I'm sorry, I spaced out for a second. No problem. Uh, did you say Marquette? Oh yeah. I, you know, that, that game always, that, that's going to, that game's at home, right? Yeah. Cause it's it is a home game. game. So, yep. so, so, so yeah, I think that's they win that win. game. I think okay. that they're, they're set up to beat Marquette pretty well. I think that they have the defensive backcourt to really give that team problems. And then I think that, you know, they've always competed really well in those non-conference games at home. I think of the, that Arizona game where they took that one seed, uh, you know, basically down to the buzzer um, with on a bat on a pretty average Kofi game. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, when that crowd really gets going, that's a really tough place to play. And I think they're going to be ready to go for that Marquette game. And like I said, I think we have the, the backcourt defense to really give that team some problems. Sure. Um, so uh, me and Ethan did it the other day. This is not our final picks, by the way. It's uh, <laughs> unofficial. Uh, my losses were Marquette, um, Colgate, Tennessee. And those those were my three. So um, Ethan's three were uh, Missouri, Tennessee, and Florida Atlantic. So. Mine with- seem way more sensible. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like where you're coming from. I'd go Tennessee and Mizzou if I had to pick right now. I think sure. that uh, the FAU game, I, I really back them to win that game. Um, you know, I think that FAU is a great program. They obviously did really well last year, but I think that there's 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 not going to be the element of surprise that I feel like they had yeah. last year. I think a bit that of that's a target, gonna, especially in MSG. 
that's going to be a game that the team's going to be up for. I think that they really performed well there last year. I think that uh, Underwood is actually pretty good at those um, like big neutral side games outside of the Mizzou game, which like I said, is just like a really weird, like kind of like, like I said, every year it feels like the worst team loses going in. Um, so yeah, I'd say Mizzou and Tennessee are the two that, that I'd, I'd expect them to lose. Or I, like I'm going to going into the game. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be thinking like, okay, this is really going to be one that they're going to have to play really, really well to win, to win it. Sure. There's also a chance and it's kind of an off chance that this team has either one loss or zero losses going into Missouri. And then we're like, Whoa, here we go. But it does, it does feel like they have weird losses in the non-con. Like they, yeah. they have never really had like a spotless non-conference from what I can remember in the underwear or at least like one where they win all the games where it feels like they're supposed to so even though i am kind of marking off like basically like two of their like three hardest games is the the losses it's not impossible they could drop a bad one yeah which you know if you look at like brad's first year they did lose to new mexico state and unlv but those don't even really count we don't need to remember those um they lost the eastern in the exhibition game Well, it's not a, it's not a real game, so relax. Um, I, it's still. <laughs> they also started two and seven in year two and lost at home to a Georgetown team that wasn't good, and uh, Notre Dame wasn't good. They lost to them, and uh, they also lost to FAU. If you remember, that was yep, the Kofi, Kofi visiting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so there you go. But yeah, I think the Missouri game. Who knows what the hell is going to happen? We never know. Uh, but know. people probably should start asking if Brad Underwood was the greatest coach to ever coach at Madison Square Garden because he's two and zero there. I mean, the guy doesn't lose there. Yeah, he's two and zero there. He beat a good Maryland team, uh, Tevion Jones game. Some people yeah, think they call beat it. two ranked teams there. Yeah, I want to say Maryland was ranked that game. And the Texas game last year, which obviously credit to Illinois for sticking around, but whew, that didn't <laughs> that was look a good there coaster. for a while. Yeah, that was the that was exactly. That was what this team looks like when they win, and then there was games like the Missouri game, what it looked like when they lost, or any Penn State game that's ever happened, which, thank God, Shrewsbury's gone uh, from Penn State, <laughs> yeah. and you don't have to deal with that anymore. Uh, but there's also no Big Ten ACC challenge anymore, so we won't be seeing Notre Dame all the time. Because how many times has Brad Underwood coached against Notre Dame? Like 500 times. They play him all the time. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little, I have to say, I was really annoyed last year when we got Syracuse because uh, obviously I think that the uh, schedule was announced before we got the two big transfers, but I was really hoping for a, a big team. And so I'm glad that we got Marquette this year because in my opinion, this is a program that deserves that kind of respect. Like we should be playing the best teams from these other conferences. And I think yeah. that that's one thing that I really like about Underwood is that he's not afraid to set up something like this Kansas thing, or he's not afraid to go and play FAU in New York. Like that's obviously that's not a huge, super huge name program, but you know, when Gross was here, we weren't playing on like ESPN. We weren't playing in these big national events. Like we didn't have these like exciting teams that people want to see yeah. on, on TV. So, you know, yeah. kind of to bring this full circle, like the fire Underwood people, like, you know, I'll, I'll admit it in this last in this last offseason, I've thought about like what it would take for me to want him out because, you know, obviously last year was really rough. And to me, the the the, the bar is like when we're not interesting anymore. And that's doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. Sure. Sure. Well, he's also not afraid to the he did a home and home against Arizona. Yeah. And then he signed he's gonna be a home and home. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and Marquette, Marquette is technically a home. And yeah, I guess <laughs> it was. You can look at like, it that that's way. How, that's how it was set up, I think. Brilliance of the Gavit games really changed things up. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I know that you're a basketball guy, but I got to ask, play Penn State tomorrow. I'm sure that yeah. you still watch the football team. Uh, yeah, what are, what I do are watch the football odds? team. 
I'm not much of a college football guy, um, especially with the relocate or uh, realignment stuff. I think that's like a disgrace, to be honest. But uh, yeah, you know, I I, I think that they're going to show out well tomorrow. Um, You know, like I said, I'm I'm always going to be an optimist. I don't know any other way to be a fan of a team. Um, But uh, you know, I think that uh, the home crowd's going to be going to be ready to go. Um, Obviously, if if things go bad early, I can see that you know the wind coming out of the sails. But I like the way that they responded in that second half against Kansas. I thought it would have been really easy for them to just roll over and die because they didn't look very good against Toledo. They obviously had that horrible first half against Kansas. You know, there's a lot of new fate or, you know, there's a new defensive coordinator. So it would have been really easy, like I said, for them to just kind of, you know, okay, well, this same old Illinois, we're throwing in the towel. But I think that they, uh, I think they could, they show out well. I think that um, they've played Penn State tough basically every year in the Bielma era. I want to say that they've played them. Um, I think that they have the, the the guys in the trenches to match up. I, I, like I said, I'm not a huge college football guy. I know they've got a big quarterback, Penn State does, and I feel like they always have good wide receivers. But from what I remember, I want to say that everyone was talking about how good Penn State is in the trenches this year, and that's why a lot of people think that they can you know, compete for a Big Ten title. So I think that we have the the dudes in the trenches to be able to to go head-to-head with those guys. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, Home crowd. This one's been a big game for you know since it's been announced. Obviously, the big noon kickoff thing is is not great, but yeah, it is what it is. Crazy. I, th- there's no reason why they, they shouldn't be able to at least put up a, a decent performance. I'd like to say. Yeah, I think they need to, or you know, Illinois fans are quickly gonna fall yeah. off the bridge. It's so. it's very much beaten dog, especially for for Illinois fans yeah. uh, for football. Yeah. Like the moment things go bad, I, and I understand it. You know, there there hasn't been much to be happy about. Yeah. Well, if, if we even get started on Colorado, then I will go for another hour. We're not. We're not. <laughs> I won't. Uh, I won't. I, I think this wraps up Underwood nicely. It's nice to be excited about a season, and he thinks that he will be for years to come. We got a lot yeah. of talent, and they're going to be a, a blast to watch. Like yeah. even the chaotic moments, they're going to have athletes out there, and they're going to be right. they're going to be playing wild. But I, I'll take that over, you know. Yeah. Look, amazing player. I'll take that over Malcolm Hill shooting fifty mid range jump shots. Yeah. I'll do. And I pulled up this non-conference schedule, and it just made me—I made me see this thing here. You are a, you're a recent graduate of the U of I, um, so you weren't there during the Chief. Um, you really didn't have anybody. What are your thoughts on the Kingfisher? Yeah, that's a very polarizing <laughs> question. Um, personally, I, I don't—I want to say I don't really care. I'd rather there be no mascot, to be honest. Um, I agree. I'd say that, uh, it, you know, as long as it's called the Fighting Illini. Um, That's I my that worry. I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that the Chief did have to go. Um, I'm not a big fan of Native American mascots, mascots, especially when they're being played by white people. Sure. Um, but uh, the Kingfisher thing, I don't know. Like, Michigan doesn't have a mascot. Does that hurt their branding at all? Like, come yeah. on. It's, it's yeah. kind of like, for me, it's just like, it's trying to make something out of nothing. Like, if if the students really need it. Yeah. I guess, but you know, I, and I, and I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I like if they want to have a student run around in a bird costume, that's fine. But let's not change it to the Illinois Kingfishers. Yeah, there's right? no reason. I, I I would uh, yeah keep the flying line. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Or at least yeah. don't have it be something as dumb as the Kingfisher. <laughs> the there it is. Yes, yes. That um, is a disaster looking thing walking around campus that looks so awful that i would quit honestly um do you guys do podcasts at all 
Right. Not really. Um, I've okay. thought about it. Uh, it's just, uh, especially during the season, um, that, that would be the time to really do it. Um, yeah. you know, you guys do a great job of finding stuff to talk about in the off season, but uh, I'm not so good at that. stuff. So, <laughs> it, it gets, uh, it gets tough in the off season, <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I used to do a radio show when I was in college, so I, I really enjoy this okay. kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely uh, have you back on. Um, and sure. that is a guarantee. That's so. a guarantee because we've done that with other people before. We're so we're gonna have them back on, yeah. and then we don't. And that's not from lack of trying, I guess. <laughs> even though when we did have Dion Thomas on, I never tried to get him back on, but I felt like you know. <laughs> You know, I think I'll be a little easier to reach than Dion. Yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Armchair Illini, um, you can follow him on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, at Armchair Illini. Um, Brian Benz, uh, your ad is by Benz. It's B Y B I N Z. Uh, you want to plug anything else? Are you got anything else you want to talk about? That's just about it. You know, okay. read me on the website. Um, I'll have, uh, yeah. you know, if this Mikey Lewis thing really starts to pick up, I'll have a breakdown for him um, or Jace Butler, whichever one yeah. seems to pick up there. And then, you know, the season's almost here. I'll have more content once, once, you know, Close. once the ball starts bouncing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Um, it's always nice to get another opinion um, rather than Ethan's terrible opinions and my stupid opinions. Well, I thought um, you guys did great today. <laughs> no, no, we, we really enjoyed you. So thanks again for coming on. And uh, like I said, we will have you on again for sure. Your insight's really, really good. And uh, we appreciate it. So, and Anytime, fellas. whenever I click the three dots here, it's going to say that you were kicked out, but that's just because that's the only way I can do this. So, <laughs> I won't take gonna, it personal. <laughs> I'm going to hit you back up and we're going to bring you back on maybe multiple times during the season, but we really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Absolutely, fellas. Have a great weekend. You too. You thanks. too. I had to kick him, but that's just how it goes. I had to let him know that I was kicking him. See I want to be, be classy about it, but uh, that was great. I mean, that was great. I thought yeah. that he did a great job there. Uh, just I want to do a few things before we get out of here. Uh, it's September 15th. I'm not going to lie. I don't think we'll probably do another one for this month, um, but I guess there's a chance. Who knows what happens if there's any big news like Kingfisher wise, right? Um, <laughs> But sure. October is a leading up month. I think we'll do a few in October, at least two, I would guess. We'll have a predictions one. And I kind of like doing an, uh, an Illini Q&A type thing, just kind of a stream rather than even a podcast episode, which we've done that a few times before the season. So like, that would be good. Uh, I think we do want to do a watch party for the Maui game. Um, and like when I is said, that? I think it's October 29th. Okay. Uh, would be... October 29th, that is a Sunday, I guess. So that's kind of weird. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it's got to be the 29th or the 27th. My keyboard is not working. So there you go. Can't even type. Um, it's one of those two days, I think. So uh, we'll do one. I mean, like I said, we don't, we, our banner has the old logo on it. So we're going to have to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and I have a couple Work other to ideas. Be done. Yeah. I have a couple other ideas that I want to maybe try for this season, including. Maybe getting the fans' voices a little bit more involved with the show. So keep an eye on that one. Although nobody was even in the uh, in the chat today. I mean, except for Imbrots and Hinkle, and then Brady shows up late. Yeah. This Lakers douchebag. Um, <laughs> Brady, you're welcome anytime. Sure. Uh, if you're our number one fan, he said fans. Can it, uh, Number one fans. I feel like when people say number one fan, it's usually more than one person is actually the number one fan. 
Um, but I don't think we have any number one fans because yeah. I think we like all of our fans equally, unless this Lakers guy is a fan and then he can go scratch. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. Good talk. I don't know if I have anything else to say. I'm trying to think. I I got nothing. I think uh, I did see a prediction from the Champagne Room. One of their writers, or whatever the hell they do, had Illinois losing fifty-two to sixteen tomorrow, and I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, um, I'd be surprised if it weren't like forty-two to ten. You are not so, the optimist. Like well, I'm an Oregon guy anyway, so I'm not even an Illini football guy. I just kind of observe and I tweet sometimes from our account because I know people will at least pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just in terms of the Illini football team right now, say what you will about Luke Altmyer's numbers. I think he's way better than Tommy DeVito. Way more upside, can run, has a better arm, whatever. Defense uh, has been the problem with Illinois right now. Secondary and linebackers have been atrocious, and the subbing in the first game was a disaster, and Johnny Newton showed up against Kansas, and it didn't matter because their linebackers and secondary stink. Outside of what's his name, Michael Scott, Miles Scott, whatever his name is. Michael Scott. I think it's Miles Scott. Uh-huh. Uh or Xavier Scott, I don't know who that. Is. I think it's I think it's Xavier. I think it, right. I think there's a Miles Scott though. Who's the one that had the pick six uh, against Toledo? I don't know. I'm gonna find this out. I, I can't type still. Okay, I gotta unplug my my keyboard. What are you doing in the show? No, we're fine. I need water and I need to go to the bathroom. We don't go this long usually. I just gotta look this up so I can be right. If somebody in the chat would do their job, we'd have to look it up. Hey, while we're hit, sitting here, uh, I was on the GBS pod. Um, Miles epi- Scott. I believe there's two episodes. I think they're both out now, if you guys want to listen to that. Um, I made fun of Ethan, mainly, and uh, we talked about some stuff. So, Yeah, uh, there's also the YouTube video. Yeah, where you can watch one. it on YouTube. Um, yeah. I am Ethan's we're going to do another one with him and Ethan's actually going to show up this time. So sure. If you, if you want, if they want views, then yeah, absolutely. Um, or, or people that actually know what they're talking about. Right. Another good point. Another good point. Uh, I put the YouTube link in the chat there. Uh, the podcast link, I don't know where it's at, but you know, you can find it if you look it up. Um, all right. I guess that's it. I mean, I could have gone another hour, but that's all right. We won't. Um, <laughs> Just know, just know that I would have been willing to. Uh, but yeah, keep in mind or stay tuned. I tweeted a little thing last night, just or two nights ago, for no reason at all, but just to kind of make people, you know, like the tweets to know that we still exist. Um, there's gonna be a few changes coming this season, and they might not work. And guess what? If they don't work, I'm not going to be a general manager that refuses to fire the manager when they stink, I'm going to pull the plug if it doesn't work. <laughs> it's that simple. Because the like podcast, TikTok, huh? the TikTok thing, I mean, I'll throw this out in the universe now if anybody comes across this. If somebody wants to run a TikTok for us, please go ahead because mm. I'm not doing it. There's Brady, a lot of things that I won't do. Brady's ready for some merch. Another thing, I, the, another, another thing that I refuse to do. It's too damn complicated. All right. The merch thing. So if you, have I'll, I'll look into that. Um, well, you have more connections than I do in some of these businesses. So that's true. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. Um, we'll go. We'll go from that. So. And I, I would like to do another giveaway uh, for the Bragging Rights game this year. So we'll figure something out for that. Um, I still got and, balls with the old logo on. Well, <laughs> kind of might have to make a change from that. Maybe we'll give people business cards as a giveaway. That would be hilarious. Uh, soft take. I mean, you know, this podcast stinks. It says it on my paper. Look at it right here. What does that last thing say? 
Wow. This podcast, did I write sucks? Yeah, sucks. That was a note that uh, I had. So are, you, are you trying to get rid of me like you did with your no, other no. podcast? Well, you know, you don't have to go there. Um, I didn't get rid of anybody in that regard. Well, you could have ended this five minutes ago. I wanted to get us to 120 because you always think that I care about that, but I really don't. But it's funny if I just do. <laughs> and this is another good point from Brady. That's spot on there. Can't read. I mean, if if people from those, Bur- can't those read. bulldogs can't read, what what the you hell? Still consider yourself a bulldog, Brady? People from Gerard, God I mean, knows. What definitely they can't not do. a Panther, right? All right. I mean, nobody even knows what the hell we're talking about now. So uh, <laughs> I think that's a good cue to to end this. Thing. Hold on, I'll wait seconds. for the answer. Bull pups never die. So there you go. That was yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, later. That'll do it for us. Thanks to Brian for coming on. Um, and we'll be back uh, sometime soon in like two weeks, maybe three. But goodbye.